This is a Federal News Network podcast. About 30,000 National Guard troops are deployed in response to the coronavirus. The National Guard Association of the United States is keeping its finger on the pulse of what these guardsmen are going through as they continue one of the largest responses in history. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni spoke with Association President J. Ray Robinson. Um, the governors are actually in charge of their own soldiers and airmen. And the adjutant generals within the states, they know their units, they know their personnel, they know their states and where their responses need to be uh, most powerful, so to speak. You know, the Guard is made up of, uh, of about uh, 450,000 Army and Air National Guard members throughout the country. We, we've got some very talented, very eager people, soldiers and airmen who want to come on board, who like responding to these things. And, you know, there's nothing quite like serving in uniform and being able to serve in your own local community or in your local state and help the people that you know and that you've grown up with. And, and I think the Guard has got a lot more to put into this uh, as the requirements increase. And, and you did mention, you know, there's the 450,000. This thing is, is probably going to last quite a while. At this point, despite the deep bench that you have, uh, do you think that the National Guard is concerned at all about weariness, about operational tempo at any point of this? You know, I think, uh, I really don't think so. Um, you know, there's been several, if you go back and look at the responses that the National Guard has had, uh, both to Iraq and Afghanistan, the other contingencies around the world that we've participated in, you know, they kind of come and you'll see a, a large mass of guard members and units that wind up in a deployment. And then maybe the number will kind of ratchet down a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, those are deployments that they're called to respond to a contingency on behalf of the nation overseas. I, this is a, a much different thing. Um, it's still a, a deployment, basically, because they leave their families, they leave their homes, they go to where the need is, but it's in it's in their own country, in most cases in their own states and in their own cities. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of really talented leaders out there in the National Guard, and they're looking at all those 450,000 uh, members of the Air and Army National Guard across all the units that they array throughout the states and the territories across the entire country. And they're already anticipating requirements, um, what's coming down the road. And you can you can bet that every state out there in the territories, that they've got timelines and they've, they've already discussed and started planning for follow-on forces. Secretary Esper sent out a memo uh, talking about Title 32. So it, first, could you remind our listeners what Title 32 is, since it's not really in our common lexicon every day? And then what does this memo do in regard to that, that title? So Title 32 is a status that a uh, member of the National Guard can be put into. It's actually a, a federal status in terms of paying allowances and benefits but they continue to work for their peacetime chain of command, uh, which is the uh, adjutant general of each state and the uh, governor of each state. Um, as far as the memo that Secretary Esper did, it was a welcome site for most of the adjutants general. The adjutant general's association, along with uh, our association in August, had been working pretty hard to uh, try to kind of inform the members over on the Hill and their staffs there was some confusion on the different statuses that a guard member could be in and if they were if they had federal 
reporting authority or if they retained uh, control under the governors and the adjutant generals in each of the states. So we worked very hard to cl- try to clarify some of that. You know, initially, most of the soldiers and airmen were in a state active duty status, which means that they are paid by their state and they're under the, the, the uh, command and control of the, of the governor of each of the states. Um, that's, we use that status uh, fairly routinely for some of the more, uh, for the smaller type responses that may be confined to one state or maybe two or three states. And the states even do that uh, to help each other through smaller emergencies that we respond to almost routinely throughout the weeks and months of every year. Um, Title 32, it's actually, it's a, the authority is Title 32. And under Section uh, 502F, it allows for a na- member of the National Guard to be mobilized under a federal status with federal benefits and pay, all of the things that come along with being being in a federal status on orders, but it allows the governor and the adjutant general to stay in command and control of those forces within their states. And that was what we were pushing for. It's important. This is obviously a, a nationwide uh, issue. It's uh, This is a actually a worldwide issue, and of course our response is, is here in the United States. And uh, it, it's really important that the soldiers and airmen that are responding to this pandemic uh, have all of the personal coverages, both in health insurance and if something happens to them and it puts them out of their civilian job for a while, by being in a federal status, it's a much more secure position for our soldiers and airmen and for their families as they respond to all the different requests associated with the pandemic. And one of the benefits of this is not only is it afford the pay that they need, but it also gives them benefits like things toward their GI Bill and, and other benefits like that, correct? That's exactly right. E- any other benefit that they would get from going on a federal status that they were going overseas or all the other missions that the Guard is doing every day, uh, it affords them the same package of benefits as in those other cases. And do you feel that at this point the Title 32 authorities have gone far enough? Is there anything else that the National Guard needs from uh, the federal executive branch? Yeah, I think it's going to take time for uh, some of this to get worked out. I think initially uh, all of the orders, at least I've seen, that the orders are going to be capped at 30 days. I think that's going to be an operational problem. Uh, most of these, as we can, you know, they listen to the same things that we do in terms of reporting that we're, they're getting back on uh, the way things are going throughout the country. You know, it's, it's going to take more than 30 days for these uh, National Guard members to be in an active status to adequately respond to uh, all the things that they're being asked to do as a part of the pandemic response. I think early on there continues to be some uh, confusion about Title 32 and 502F authority that allows the National Guard to be mobilized in a federal status and remain under the control of the governors. You know, I think we probably need to go back. The, the same thing happened during Katrina. And I think a lot of people thought that they kind of got some of the details wickered out where we wouldn't have this delay in getting people on board and getting people on orders. And here we are, and a lot of it's going through the same thing again. Um, I think that's one of the things that hopefully we've got to get our arms around to where we don't go through 
it's almost like we go through this entire learning curve again every time that the president decides that he wants to use the National Guard in a federal status, but he wants the governors to retain control. And I think uh, it's very important that, that we get our arms around that, the way that this is going to work. National Guard Association of the United States President J. Roy Robinson speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.